I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the MKG guy. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Oh, man. Well, made it through All-Star Weekend, and uh, my wife did not, um, yeah, have our baby girl. So that was the, <laughs> yeah, that was, that? I know, I was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that was a, that was been a running joke in our house is hey, we're, you know, the All-Star weekend, the All-Star is baby is 2 weeks <laughs> out from uh from the due date of our of our child and had a little like scare moment because we had uh, an appointment on Friday, the day of the Rising Stars game, and uh baby doctor says, "Hey, the baby's probably going to come this weekend." And I'm Ooh. like, "Oh my gosh, All-Star weekend." So, you even uh, you even texted me. You're like, just just plan on me not being able to to watch any of this stuff or you know be yes. involved. And so I was thinking, I was like, okay, right, how am I going to do this? And then <laughs> yeah, so Saturday she started having some contractions and all that stuff, and uh, yeah, everything's uh, baby's still in the oven right now, and uh, baby's any day. So this could be my last pod for at least a few days as we welcome our little girl into the world. All this stuff, not to do spoiler alert, but there's actually a piece it's that's a coming out. <laughs> it is a girl. Okay. I'm about to be a girl dad and all this stuff, and I'm super excited. Oh, I've yeah, had a lot of true. a lot of different emotions around being a girl dad, especially over the past month, uh, just with Kobe stuff and all that. And but I actually have a piece coming out on Maps.com to, uh, today, uh, which is Tuesday. Tuesday. And uh, yeah, I I got a little personal with it. Talked to roughly four or five different Mavs players uh, about being a girl dad and everything about this. So anyway, I enjoyed writing it. I enjoyed talking to the players about it. The players enjoyed talking about their families and their daughters. And it was just a really fun piece to do. Taught me a lot about uh, what's to come, uh, being a girl dad and all that. So I'm excited. And yeah, there you go. There you go. That's a little into the, into the life of Isaac Harris. Uh, on the yeah. podcast today, we are going to rank the best vacation spots that Mavericks went on over the All-Star break. The only, only, <laughs> only thing I know was I remember Dorian telling me that he was going to Disney. He did in the in the locker room that night, but I don't remember anybody else what they said they were. Well, Courtney said he was going to hang out with his daughter I for saw the weekend. Tim Hardaway so Jr. Know. in Miami. Uh, Boban and his wife are somewhere tropical. Anyway, that's not what we're doing today. Today we are talking to Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Isaac got a sit down with him. Uh, pretty good length interview to talk one on one with Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Good job. You said it right, Nick. Isaac, Isaac, do you know that on Locked On NBA with with Doug Branson from Locked On Hornets, I said, I said, and I quote, "Oh yeah, the Mavericks just got one of those former Hornets guys, Michael Carter Williams." You know, I said that to him, and he couldn't figure out what I was trying to say. He was like, "What do you mean, Michael Carter?" And so he just said, "Yeah, that was from another team." <laughs> he just went with it. It's been this running it, – it was a joke, but then it was an actual real brain weird moment with me where I couldn't say Michael Kidd Gilchrist. I had to say I, – I kept saying Michael Carter Williams. Just say MKG. I know. That's what that's what people on Twitter have been saying, that I should just say MKG and shorten it. Uh, my wife was like, well, those are similar names. She's like, it's okay. Oh. Okay, before oh, no. we get to Michael Kidd Gilchrist, though, 
You got um, really excited about this. I have. Okay, so we were talking about like, what are we going to talk about at the top? You, okay. got, you got a new lightsaber. All right. <laughs> I have one. <laughs> My wife and I had a conversation about the All-Star game. And mm. it kind of boiled down sometimes my wife and i some of our biggest arguments which they're really stupid they're not even real arguments are on semantics like what words mean if i'll say if i say for example like oh that couple that we are standing next to is way behind us now if they're like 10 feet behind us she doesn't think that's way behind right yeah. and so we'll, we'll argue about little things like that one of the things that we we were arguing about was about this all-star game where I said, man, one of the crazy things about this all-star game was there's all these great players on the court. And then Giannis afterwards said that they were basically targeting James, whoever James Harden was guarding or, you know, trying to get switches to get James Harden to guard them. And I said, and that was that, you know, that's, that's disrespectful. Like that's just disrespecting James Harden. And she was like, well, didn't you just say he's bad at defense? And I was like, yeah, that's true. It's a pretty common knowledge thing that he's not, really good defender she's like well isn't that just the game then it's not disrespect if he's just not good at it and i was like true point true i was point. like that's a true point but why is it disrespect though because it is right like you're disrespecting james harden by saying you're going after him yeah but it's like a fun disrespect you know he like sucks at that like ben simmons can't shoot so you're gonna let him shoot the three and you're like hey we know you can't shoot you know you can't shoot but it's still hey, disrespectful for you. But home. is it disrespecting him if you know that he just doesn't have it, and it's just a, it's just a truth that he doesn't have the jump shot that James Harden can't defend? Why is it well, in? Why is it in NBA? Not respecting. In, why is it in NBA and sports culture that we like say disrespect when it's just like? Well, I think disrespect has has gotten it a little bit different, or stuff added onto the definition when it comes to like NBA Twitter, but. You're not respecting the jump shot, right? You're not respecting James Harden as a defender. So I changed the word to embarrassing. Like they they were embarrassing James Harden about his defense. Yeah, and kind of changed it to that. But it's just interesting that that word in NBA circles has now come to mean you know taking advantage of someone. Disrespect. I think it's funny that Chris Paul was on the floor and they were still targeting James Harden. That should tell you, like that should tell you something. Like Chris Paul is a good defender, but my point is like James Harden's are uh, James. Pardon, James Harden, <laughs> James is, Harden. Uh, you know, in his prime, Chris Paul, you know, isn't, and they still wouldn't. Imagine if Luca was in the game, they would have targeted Luca. I think they would have targeted. Okay, that's another thing we should <laughs> talk about is that I think they would have targeted Luca too because yeah, of you know inexperience because he's also not great at defense, also because you know age and like not being a, a veteran. Yeah. I think they would have targeted Luca too. Yeah, they would have, but still miss him out there. I'm not up in arms about him not being out no, there. Yeah. I know a lot of people are, but. uh Many more to come for him. Get that ankle healthy, bro. I'm just glad he was there for the weekend. We we pushed for him to be there the whole weekend. Like, hey, I don't care about you know the health stuff. We just want him there, rubbing shoulders with these guys. Once he you know played his time in the game, like, all right, cool. You know, get that ankle healthy now. Yeah, interesting. All right, coming up, let's hear from Michael Carter Williams. Damn, <laughs> dang it, bro. Uh, no, you didn't. I promise that was not on purpose. See that? What I don't know what it is in the world about what Michael Kidd Gilchrist. We're gonna have to start like pointing. Like we gotta. I don't know. We gotta put something I'm on the to, line. I'm to every a, time you do this, something yeah. has to happen. I'm gonna every get a time jar. You say I'm it gonna wrong. get a jar, and I'm gonna put a, a dollar in in the jar. Every time you say it wrong, you have to tweet something negative about the Lakers. <laughs> the colors suck. <laughs> All right. So st- starting uh, from this point on. You got to tweet something negative if you say Michael Carter Williams Coming up, one more talking time. about Michael <laughs> – talking about Michael Caldwell Pope. 
Michael Colley Stein. No, Michael Kid Gilchrist. We're going to hear from him in his conversation with Isaac coming up. All right, Isaac, let's hear your sit down one on one with Michael Kid. Now, oh, you okay? Of course, the one more thing, King. Got to I, I just want to preface this. this. You know, this wasn't after practice or anything like that. It wasn't over the phone. It was actually after uh, the game, right before the break. And um, I just I hadn't got to meet him yet, and I hadn't uh, really got to see him face to face. And we talked about you know Kentucky stuff because I'm from Kentucky. He obviously went to Kentucky, and uh, that's when I asked him like, "Hey, no one was really talking to him because they didn't play in the game, and he was carrying out a, a basketball for some reason that I didn't ask him about. Should have, but um, that's when I asked him was like, "Hey, Ken, uh, do you have a few minutes? I'd love to talk to you." Uh, Might be because he his- plays basketball. But hardly anybody walks out of that locker room in street clothes carrying a basketball when you didn't play. Uh, so anyway, he was gracious to give me you know, some minutes to just talk about his arrival to Dallas, uh, kind of how he fits in. And it, this wasn't planned from my part, so I didn't go into it with a bunch of questions I really wanted to get to. So this was these were questions just off the top of my head because it was just one of those moments. Sometimes in the media world, you get moments that you're not planned for, but you just got to roll with them. So um, yeah. I thought it was a good little chat between us, though. So, when did you find out that Dallas was going to be a possibility? Um, I was like, I was like, right, right after my buyout. Yeah. And I had a few more teams to choose from I just wanted to be here um, what was the pitch from now winning culture yeah it really wasn't no pitch man it really wasn't no pitch you know I'm a basketball head and I study basketball and I like knew I knew like you know the like the culture that always been here in Dallas mm. and I knew that was young and and I'm still young, so it was an opportunity for me to add to add like what I do and not like really like get in like uh, anybody's way. Yeah. Um, How do you feel like you know, your strengths can be maximized here? You know, you know, um, I look at the guys like Marcus Smart and Andre Godala and James Johnson, Draymond Green and stuff like that. I watched all the film on them guys. And I'm, and I'm just as talented on the defense end, you know, on the offense end. So I know I can add that type of toughness and style to this team and, you know, just add to the culture and the community. So. Yeah. What time, as far as like rotation wise, coming in after the break is it i don't know i didn't play all season yeah i didn't play all season. But you've been healthy though right mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i wasn't playing all season so like you know i'll be patient with the, the coaches and the teammates but but i'm gonna compete yeah i'm gonna compete my ass off when i'm in there and i push my teammates on the defense I man that's what i'm here for so i was watching over the past few days watching some of the those first few weeks of last year 2018-19 season i guess yeah or 19 whatever it was those first two two weeks when he was in charlotte it felt like you're kind of running at the five some mm-hmm. and it seemed like everything was going great and then bam it's like yeah. charlotte just stopped doing that yeah. what what about you at the five do you like and how does that how do you fit that um 
Um, uh, it's a day and age of basketball now. You just gotta accept it. Um, I don't really put emphasis on a four or five or three or two or one. Maybe all basketball players out there, and it's five out. But I know, I know, majority of my time, my my like numbers and my stats don't like measure up to who I am as a player, like as a ball player. Yeah. So you know, again, I just want to add to the team and the culture. And I'm here to win games. I'm here to win games. I, you know. How much have you missed that coming from? It's man, not a, a lot. Shot at anything back in Charlotte, but just going to this. Man, a lot. Yeah. Um, everything is different here, um, and it's a good different, and it's welcoming um, here. The people, the fans, to my teammates, especially man, my teammates just embrace me uh, so far. I know it's always going to be that way. So, like, it was really cool, man. You feel like your best basketball of your career can be played here? Oh, was now. It's coming, you'll see. Yeah. It's coming, it's coming. What did you know about Luca and KP before he got here? It was talented. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's it. Yeah. Um, but as people, man, they are, like, very, very unselfish. And that's the whole team. That's the whole team and the coaching staff. Very unselfish and willing to help. So, you know. What about your shot? A lot of people make a big deal about your shot ever since you came into the league and the no, form really. or percentages, whatever. How, how, what, how do you even approach that? And how has it, yeah, just. The, I don't listen to it. Yeah. I don't listen to it. Um, um, whether you are as talented on the offensive end or you're not, people are always going to have an opinion about something. So I don't really look in too deeply or. You know, I mean, I'm confident. Yeah. So what y'all gonna see out there is me being confident. Whether I make two in a row, make three in a row, miss, miss any two in a row, so confident. What about the city of Dallas? Anything you've learned about the city? I know it's oh, been a it great. It, it, it great so far, man. They're just the people in the community and, uh, and even the fans, man. Fans embrace me and even my teammates, especially, man. It's my teammates, man. They, they, they helped me over these past days, but like plays and film and stuff like that. So I like it. It's been cool. Is that what your break's gonna consist of? Is yeah. catching up with plays and film, everything? Film, plays, running. So like you know. Yeah. All right. Number nine. Why nine? My uh, my uh, dad's birthday is on the fourteenth. My son's birthday. My birthday's April 23rd. Um, okay. So, so nine days in between. And my, my favorite my favorite player is uh, Andre Godala. Okay. So Sweet. There you go. That's Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Uh, coming up, Isaac and I will break down that Michael Kidd Gilchrist interview. Uh, talk about some interesting things that he said. Uh, man, mentioned some names in there that he compares himself to. Talked about him at the five. Talked about his shot. All kinds of stuff. We'll talk about that coming up. All right, Isaac, let's get into this um, MKG interview that you did. Uh, great, by the way, on the fly. I thought that it was good. Um, what about that shot question? Oh, guys? the shot That's, question. Was, the shot question was uh, how well to not ask out. a question. <laughs> Once I knew where I wanted to go with it, but I didn't know how to word it without coming across disrespectful. Yeah, yeah. Why is your uh, shot terrible? <laughs> you can't. You can't do that, right? Yeah, like how, yeah, exactly. So then I, I just, but he got the vibe where I was going with it. So uh, that's why I was just well, like, he's probably yeah, been asked sure. it a thousand times. Exactly. So uh, 
There you go. So my bad about that question, guys. Okay, let's start from the top. Um, you you said what what was the pitch from Dallas? And he said there wasn't really a pitch that he just knew Dallas was interested and he wanted to go there. And the culture stood out. The culture in Dallas stood out. The culture of winning. Uh, and it's, this does make me this does make me so make make myself ask a question of the other teams interested. Were they winning teams or were, because or were there teams? No, I think I think there definitely were some. Yeah, there are definitely some teams interested. But if you know, our whole thing all along was okay. Why would you pick Dallas over if some of these top tier teams like Houston, where it just came out of Houston, yeah. is going to sign Demari Carroll and Jeff Green, Jeff you know, Green, whatever. Yeah. yeah, if you know, if, if teams like Houston or LA teams or Milwaukee or any of these you know top playoff teams were interested in him, and he chose Dallas for the winning culture, and he you know he constantly referred to the winning culture in Dallas. That was a huge thing for him. So I wonder if. Dallas compared to maybe some of the other teams interested, the winning culture stood out or truly was something about Dallas that uh, that stuck out from the rest of them. Yeah, so that's still a little unknown as far as, you know, what I guess, you know, where the the pitches came from, but uh he liked the culture in Dallas. He said Dallas is young and I'm still young. That's a that's a thing too. He's still 26, right? We, yeah. We've gone over this a couple times. He's younger than Maxi. He's younger than uh you know Seth Curry. Like he's younger than a bunch of these guys. Um, then he also said Dallas needed to add what I do and, and not get in anyone's way. I thought that was an interesting comment from him saying like that I do defense, right? Like I play defense, Dallas needs that. And also somebody that won't get in the way. He's not going to come in. And this was a thing that I had, you know, against going after like a Drummond or somebody like that. Uh, sometimes these big names, even maybe an Iguodala in a way, like somebody, a big name that will come in and potentially get in the way of what Dallas is already doing. Uh, and Michael Kidd Gilchrist doesn't do that. Now, he doesn't answer as many questions as those other guys do, but um, I think he's right that Dallas did need somebody to add something like that, potentially, and then to not get in the way of what's already going on, because what's going on is working, by and large, when they're healthy. Yeah, and, yeah, I mean, he knows his role. I mean, he knows what he's good at. And, you know, I think it was Rick a, a while back, was months ago or last year, I just remember him at the podium saying this, of like, hey, we're focused on not just Kid Gilchrist, but it was just in general. We're, we're focused on what some, what our players do well and how we can maximize the strengths of our players and not just all the time of, instead of looking at Kid Gilchrist and saying, all right, guys, just got to do that shot all the time and got to get the shot better, shot better, shot better. What does he bring to the table so well that you know that's what you can maximize? The Dwight Powell case, right? That that's yeah, yeah. You know, it's, you know, agent number one or whatever. How do you say that? Patient number one, as far as you know, that goes. Um, and I think maybe Delon Wright is part of that too. That Delon, you know, Delon Wright probably could bring things to the starting lineup, but Rick Carlisle has decided that that to bring the best out of Delon Wright, you bring him off the bench, and he can kind of run yeah. that offense, you know, himself, right? And so I wonder if that's a little bit of, of that mentality as well. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think with, you know, we've talked about, even he said, be patient with it. You know, be patient. He said, you know, he said, I haven't played all year. You know, he's speaking figuratively because he has, you know, gotten into some games here. The last game he did log minutes was on January 10th. He logged eight minutes. But before that, he didn't play in the five games before that. And, he had one stretch this season that he played seven games in a row for Charlotte, and so he hasn't played a ton of games. He's only for he's only Charlotte. appeared. 
Yeah, exactly. So he's only he's only appeared in twelve games, uh, twelve games this year, and that's why I I did throw that in there real quick and say, hey, you're healthy, right? I just want to clarify that. Yeah, that was good. This this is wasn't any type of injury thing. He was fully healthy. Charlotte was just playing, you know, choosing not to play him in that. And so yeah, I liked how he said even in his break that. I'm going to be running, not just learning playbook, but I'm going to be running. He's got to get back into game shape. So, you know, that integrating him into our system, into, you know, getting him to game shape, it's going to take a little bit of time. And I, I like that he said, be patient with it, but I'm, I'm a compete. Like he's, he's ready to get back out there. He's ready to be a part of a winning situation. And uh, like you said, defensively, that's his thing. And I really liked when he said, I'm going to push my teammates on the defensive end. Like that, that's, you know, Dorian, Dorian talks a lot on defense and he really pushes, you know, the team and pushes his teammates to, you know, really give it all defensively, but having another type of one of those guys on the court, that's huge for Dallas. Yeah, they, they need more of that. They they need an alpha on that end, uh, and I don't think Dorian is that, and I don't know if MKG is that either for sure, but they need a guy you know that can kickstart the defense, and that's going to get them to that league average you know, top 10 defense that gets them you know, to a place where this team could actually be contending for a title, right? Like that's where they yeah. need, that's where they need to be to, to that level. They need to be a top 10, maybe even like a, you know, close to a top eight, like defense to be able to, to compete for a title potentially. The Mavericks are right now 17, 18 right there. Uh, at one point in the year when everyone was healthy, they were 15. And so, yeah, like, they can, they can get there. They need, though, one big difference maker alpha. And maybe, Michael Kidd Gilchrist turns into that guy, you know, maybe he he becomes that, but again, that's the you know, the highest level of this ceiling and what it could become. Um another thing he mentioned which talking about the ceiling, you know, some of these guys that he mentioned, um guys that he watches all the film on, Marcus Smart, Andre Iguodala, James Johnson, Draymond Green. Um one of those names not like the other, but the other guys um are, you know, Guys that, that do change the, the game on defense. You know, Iguodala in, in the past has been an incredible defender. Has changed the finals. You know, changed that 2015 finals with his defense on LeBron. Uh, Draymond Green, obviously. Marcus Smart is another guy that changes games with his defense. And James Johnson. <laughs> and uh, James Johnson. He changes the game when he, he rears back to punch. Like, <laughs> if you want to get out of the way of that guy. Um and he says he's just as talented as those guys, and that he he's just as good, and you know thinks he's better than those guys, and that's confidence that you need if you're going to be an NBA player. Uh, I thought that, that was interesting, and I thought I I hope that he can bring something like that because, like you said, you know they have Dorian, but they need somebody else to be a voice on defense and to push other guys too, not just be good themselves individually, but push everyone else. Yeah, you know, when he uh, answered that question, you know, my eyebrows went up a little bit on it. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. This I mean, is where we are. Just as, just as talented as some of these guys. and But you, you like it. I mean, that's what you want to see coming out of a player. You don't want him to say, man, I look up to those guys and, man, someday, hopefully I can try to be as good as those, you know, those guys. He, he feels like it. He believes in himself that he is that type of player. It's that you know in his head, it's like, hey, get me in some of these situations that Iguodala has been in or Draymond Green's been in or Marcus Smart's been in. Get me on some of these good teams like like they have been on and the roles that they've played on some of these good teams and I'll show you what, I, what I'm capable of. And, you know, that Charks piece that we referenced a while back on the ringer, uh, Charks mentioned something on there. He said, you know, coming out, one of his, uh, it was going from the comparison of Marcus Smart. And I, it's kind of funny that uh, Kid Gilchrist said both of these names. He said at some point you know, they, they shifted from the comparison of Marcus Smart to Draymond Green. 
and how kind of how Charlotte in that piece that Charks wrote, and I, I tried to ask ask him about it in this interview of the, those first like two weeks of that season that they were running Kid Gilchrist at the five, you know, coming off the yeah. bench, and it was working there for a bit, and then they just totally ditched it. But you know, he said he's like, this is the new age of basketball. You just got to accept it. And I like how he said my numbers and stats don't measure up to who I am as a player. And he when ha- you're looking, he has at, to be that kind of player. He has to have that mentality. He, yes. <laughs> He, he has to. And so when you're looking at that and he's looking at, you know, the type of roles that he can he can play, he's looking at film of the James Johnson. It's, I think it's more of the James Johnson, Draymond type of role now, more than the Iggy and Marcus Smart. It's that type of, you know, four small ball five role for him now that that's what he has to master in his game and in this system in Dallas. And, you know. Draymond is obviously a lofty goal, but it's that type of role on a really good team that he could, you know, have shades of Draymond in Dallas. Yeah, and that's that's all Mavericks are asking is shades of that. Just come in and you know change a couple change a couple possessions, change a couple you know things here and there. Um, playing him at the five, we've talked about that. <laughs> we've talked about that a lot. Uh, your son is talking about that <laughs> that right now. That's not my daughter. That's my son. Yeah, not not born yet. Um, Michael K. Gilchrist at the five. Um, we've talked about that a lot, but that seems to be the role that we think that he's going to play, um, with the Mavericks is, is maybe not, you know, offensively at the five or maybe not defensively at the five, but he's going to be the one guy on the floor that doesn't shoot. Yeah. And I think, man, I'm really curious. I'm I'm actually pretty excited to see how they use him uh, coming out of the break, and I think and we can see him roll. Into, yeah, and how much you know? I think we can see him roll into the basket a lot. I think a lot of it's going to be you know depending on the matchups. Obviously, you know they play somebody like Houston. Uh, I think playing uh, Kid Gilchrist against some of these guys like Jeff Green, PJ Tucker, Damari Carroll. Playing him against those guys compared to Willie Cauley Stein, I think we might almost see both of those guys kind of interchange minutes a little bit, depending on the matchups. To where if it's a smaller team, you'll see MKG. If it's a bigger team, and you know somebody like the Spurs or somebody's bringing Yaka Pertle or somebody off the bench, they might you know put Cauley Stein in there. I, I don't know. I'm I'm curious on that. But um, something else I was going to say about him that now I can't remember. He mentioned this is a thing that he mentioned. Everything is different here. A good mm. different. That's that stood out as far as you know the culture. He talked about culture a lot, winning a winning situation. I mean, he went to the playoffs probably with that Al Jefferson Kemba team. That's oh, probably yeah, I the, think it was one year. I think that's probably the only time he's been to the playoffs. He he got drafted by the Bobcats guys. Like yeah, he did. Like, this is what we're talking about with Michael uh, Kid Gilchrist. Man, um, he also mentioned the whole team and coaching staff are unselfish as far you know as far as he had experienced so far in helping him and embracing him as a you know as a teammate and as a you know a player um i just thought that that whole thing was was interesting and was positive for the mavericks this this yeah. culture and one of the reasons why they probably didn't make a big trade is because they value that culture and they value the way that these guys have gelled so far and we always go back to the jalen brunson quote you know if we're gonna win we're gonna win by our culture and by our chemistry yeah, and how, however you want to read into that, it's Michael, you know, Kid Gilchrist compared to did some. It. He almost did it. Did I almost, almost say did it? Michael Carter. Um, <laughs> and I, I get that he's not, uh, you know, the the top free agent that you would want this coming from. But the fact that he praised the culture. I talked to somebody after uh, I talked to him, and I was telling, I was kind of relaying to them a little bit about what um, MKG said. And they responded back to me. And they said, it's so cool that players like him around the league, you know, think about Dallas as this winning great culture when 
you know, Dallas really hasn't been in the playoffs. They haven't been, you know, quote, winning. It's not like they've been, you know, in the Western Conference Finals in a while. It's not like, you know, they're in the second round of the playoffs, you know, all the time. It's not It's not like, you know, they've missed the playoffs for consecutive years, but yet somebody like Kid Gilchrist, you know, you know, becomes a free agent, and all he's doing to me is is praising the winning culture and the culture that's established in Dallas and just the system and all of that stuff. So it's just a glimpse into, man, it's kind of cool how some other players might be viewing Dallas right now, especially with the young talent of Luca and KP. You know, he, he said all he knew about them were was that they were talented, but like you said, he praised the team for being really you know supportive and unselfish. And it's all we know about you know, them too. <laughs> yeah, and. The last thing about him was, you know, he obviously chose number nine, and he was uh, four, 14 in, in uh, Charlotte. But number nine, asked him about that, and you saw you saw the uh, his explanation. I forgot about the birthday thing. I just remember his dad and his birthday are nine days apart. Is that what he said in there? I've never yes, but. I've never heard anybody like pick a number based off of like how many days birthdays are apart from each other. Uh, but, but yeah, and Andre Godala, you know, is his favorite player. Yeah. And, you know, that's who he tries to model stuff off of. So. He also mentioned his shot and he just said the word confident like a thousand times, right? Yeah. <laughs> when you answer that, when you ask that question. Um, and so we'll see, man. Like that's gonna that's the biggest thing, right? If he can Hey, Rick Carlos said he's a forty percent shooter from the corners, so uh, and that season, that, that 2017-18 season, he did shoot, or 2018-19 season, yeah, so not this year, but last year, he did shoot 40% from the corners. It was like less than 50 attempts, but he did shoot 40% from the corners. Yeah. And you know, I mean, heck, with especially a good team, you know, uh, Peter Patton, you know, coach is going to be, uh, I don't want to say all these cliche things, going to be working with him, all the stuff, stuff that people's been saying Sham his God. whole career. Get, get working with Sham, too. <laughs> Um, heck, that's why Holger's in town, guys. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, oh, but no, I, I'm excited for him. Just coming, you know, a whole different situation that he left in Charlotte. He spent his whole career there, his whole short career, early, young career. Yeah. The fact that he's just 26, he comes into a new situation, a new culture, a winning team. He's going to experience the playoffs again. So, yeah, I'm excited for him, and I'm really curious to see how Rick uses him uh, moving forward. There you go. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom.